welcome to another Marvel episode of Cineblokes. I'm Benjamin Baker. I'm Kaylin Burrows. And we have come from the cinema for the first time in a long time. Um, this is what, a second film we've we've seen in theatres, right? Uh, yep. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I'm so excited to be back. Um, yeah, we've seen Black Widow, the long and long delayed uh, new Marvel film uh, has finally come to life, finally hit theatres, and uh, we've seen it. We're going to talk about it. And we um, live to tell the tale. That's, that's right. That's right. We survived Budapest, mate. That's right. Yeah. Um, so no spoilers. Uh, you, you'll know when, when, when the spoilers come. Um, but unless, um, unless, yeah. the, unless you didn't know that this film takes place between Civil War and Infinity War, then <laughs> I guess well, I've just spoiled that for you. It is it is a weird film uh, to to have spoilers and not have spoilers because sure there's things that we probably can't talk about right we're, we're going to leave those for the spoiler section but then there's a lot of things where it's like yeah mate you should just know that this is what happens like it's just if you've seen any Marvel film before this this takes place somewhere in between all that so. You kind of know the ending. Yeah, if if we were to say to you that Black Widow survives, that you you should know that you should yeah. already know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> she, she makes it through this film just fine. Yeah, just unscathed. <laughs> so, kind of. Yeah, I mean, there's you know emotional scathing. I think. Yeah, uh, but, right. You know, this is very much an emotional film, actually. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what have we got? Uh, Writer director. I mean, it's not a writer director. It's a writer and a director this time around. Yes. So, uh, written by Eric Pearson, based on a story by Jack Schaefer. That also might be Jacques because there's no K. It's just J A C. Um, so it could okay. even it could even be Yak. It could be Yak Schaefer for all I know. Oh, the, oh, the French. Yeah, uh, and Ned Benson. So, but Eric Pearson, you would know from mainly marvel things mm-hmm. um he's he's mostly done marvel stuff some some one shots i feel like we've talked about him before uh because we recently re- reviewed godzilla versus kong which he wrote okay. um but he wrote for ragnarok and agent carter um like some episodes from that series and then this so yeah i think uh the, the writing was was fine well, here's the thing. You sound so unsure, Caitlin. Well, it's uh, this. I enjoyed this film. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, right. But there, I feel like there was a couple of story elements that was lacking. Uh, just, mm. the, just the way some of the characters was used, I feel yeah. like wasn't wasn't the best. Right. But yeah, I mean, but it's not terrible by any stretch. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll give it to you. I, I feel. And this is going to be how I think I feel about most of the things that happen in this film, uh, from the people involved to, you know, the actors, to the, the directing, to the writing, to the action, all of it. Uh, it's all just fine. You know what I mean? Like, it's all it's all just fine. And and that's not to say that I didn't enjoy myself, because I did. I very, very much enjoyed myself in the theatre. Uh, I had a great time. I do not regret paying to see this film in the slightest. Um, but as far as the writing goes... Yeah, it's just fine. It, it feels there's a lot of Marvel elements to it, you know, with the humor and the, you know, the emotion and kind of the pacing. It just everything about it feels Marvel. Um, but it also there are a lot of of you know missteps here, and I think 
I feel some of that, especially now that you mentioned that he did uh, Godzilla versus Kong. I've got some plot questions, you know, obviously that we're not going to talk about right now, but I've got some plot questions and some things that were definitely unanswered uh, and, and, you know, characters that were utilized in very strange ways uh, that feel very reminiscent of something like Godzilla versus Kong. Um, so it feels very much like it's his style, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it did feel a bit... And again, you, I don't know that you can put this on the writer because uh, obviously films, you know, when they film them, they film everything and then someone edits that film down and so things get cut. So I can't fully say that some of the issues with the plot are necessarily the writer, but you know, that's the go-to person to blame. Um, <laughs> so it's all on you, Eric. <laughs> but I mean, the reason I say that is because, uh, what's, what's the runtime on this one? It's not, this is it two, it's about two hours, just over two. Yeah. It didn't feel, I don't know. I don't know if it just didn't feel long, which I mean, usually that's a good thing. If the film don't feel long, yeah. you, you don't want to, feel like you're in the theater for three hours but <laughs> right this one felt it didn't feel long in a different way you know like okay. it, it to me it felt like there was something missing like i don't know almost like it was rushed like there was there was plot elements that was rushed in places yeah i, I i'll give you that and there the, the film does suffer a bit from uh, i think some tonal imbalances and and a bit of, of story elements yeah I, this is a strange film though because overall and and this is specific to the writing the way that the film is kind of paced writing wise it feels like it scales up like uh it, it gets a really slow start and i wasn't really invested in the first act and then i got more invested in the second act and then by the time we get to the third act i'm like yeah i'm into this you know what i mean like it all kind of builds in a strange way um, and, and I don't know that necessarily all of the pieces come together. Uh, I think there were definitely some things that he, you know, slipped in there that was like, eh, gotcha. And it's like, yeah, but, but you didn't, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't yeah, feel no. got that. No, there's no, there's no surprises in this film. Right. Right. Uh, but there's a lot of attempts at them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. This film has a, a two hour and 14 minute runtime. So it's not, it's not short by any stretch, but I just still felt like. The, the middle section was rushed not and and what i mean by that is that they they set up this sort of family dynamic and in the beginning you know just to establish everything and then we cut away from that to to other things obviously it set up the current film but when we re-established the bringing together of that family unit again I just felt like that was rushed. Like yeah, we get right. to it and then we almost immediately go away from it again. And I was like, yeah. but that's what I wanted to see. That's what I like this. The, these characters together, their interactions, I find very enjoyable and I want to know right. more, but we don't get that. So, yeah. And I, I think it just kind of blending the two together. I, I think that's also a directional choice too. I think when it comes to the writing and the director, it, it feels like the director wanted to kind of go all in on those things but then just kind of almost halfway through is like oh no we've got to blow some stuff up <laughs> you know what i mean like and it was just like but 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 wait i've, I've got fast nine to blow stuff up just I, i'm invested in this family like 
there, there's a there's a wonderful scene, and, and this isn't a spoiler, but there's a wonderful scene where the whole family gets together, right? And they're all at the dinner table and they're all bickering and arguing, and they've all got different perspectives of what their family unit is supposed to be and what it means to them. And honestly, I could have watched that for 30 minutes. Uh, that could have been the longest scene in the film uh, because it's just not only is it packed with exposition, uh, but it's also just, it's brilliantly acted, it's wonderfully directed, and it is the catalyst for everything else that happens in this film. And you're right, it does feel like they just kind of gloss over all of that to get to whatever comes next. And what comes next isn't nearly as interesting as what's happening here. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't know that it's a directorial choice of you. So the director of this film is... Kate Shortland and when you look at her track record of films she's done a lot of like the indie films uh, and the festival films like she's got films that they've got all the you know patches of words with laurels around them meaning that they was thoroughly enjoyed at whatever festival they was at right that's more what she does so it's probably more the fact that maybe she wanted to do these sort of scenes and someone at Disney slash Marvel was like no 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 we got to blow something up every 10 minutes. We're way under quota here. So, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. That That's how it felt. And yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think uh, there's, there's a lot of missteps here when it comes to Marvel uh, in, in just how it, just the, the overall treatment of this film, uh, both inside and outside, I, I felt like it was not given the, the due that, that it should have been given, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, overall, from a from a directorial standpoint, I want to say that the film looks good, right? It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's good to look at, and I feel like we get some really good performances out of the actors, uh, with, with, a, with one notable exception, um, <laughs> but more yes. on that in a bit. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like maybe this this particular director's vision, I, I do feel like it was probably altered a bit or steered in a particular direction by Marvel slash Disney. So yeah, well, like, I, I would agree with that, actually, because it, like I said, you can tell, you know, in that dinner table moment, you can tell that somebody that's got kind of that indie eye, you can tell that she's very good at that, right? Mm. She's getting these great performances out of all these actors. And, you know, like we talked about, right, when it comes to spoilers, there's nothing in this film that happens that has big, you know, universal consequences down the road, right? We already know that this is a very small scale film. And, you know, some of these characters have an expiration date that we've already seen. So there's a lot of inconsequential things that happen. And I think where this director really thrives is when she's able to make you care about the characters because the characters care about themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you feel that in those dinner sequences in, you know, whenever Natasha and Yelena are kind of having their their sister banter, every time they're back and forth and every time they're all kind of having these intimate experiences, you can tell that, you know, Kate Shortland having that experience of doing kind of these more indie films that are a bit more dramatic and have, you know, a bit more characterization. You can tell she's bringing a lot of that to this. And you're right. It does feel like Marvel was like, yeah, this is good, but it's time to hit explosion. <laughs> it's Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I think the film excels is in those smaller moments. Any, I agree. Yeah, any, I absolutely agree. 
any time, so you said those sister moments, or even you know, once uh, once we get Alexi into the mix as well, it's all those sort of more quiet moments that are the highlights of the film. So yeah, yeah. So in that regard, I think that you know the director's gonna, done a good job. Uh, the action sequences are all serviceable and um, that sort of thing. So you know, overall, I think it's it's a well directed movie. I would agree. Yes. So yes. Um, but your, your, your film's only as good as your best Russian accent. Am I right? Um, <laughs> and luckily we get all ends of the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I would like to point out that when we talk about casting, you will notice that we will not be mentioning any actual Russian actors because <laughs> Cause, cause there's one and they don't speak. Yeah. And I don't even think. Oh, this is a weird thing, right? There's an actor in here that I don't think we can mention because even though it's on IMDb, right, it's still a spoiler. It is technically a spoiler, yes. So, so we, can't, we can't even talk about it until no, spoilers. No. <laughs> yes. So I guess let's talk about the people we can talk about. All right. Um. um I mean, yeah, yeah, so, I'll say let's start with Scarlet, you know, good old Scar Joe reprising the role as Black Widow. Yep. And um, she, she's, she's good. Yeah. Uh, look, for somebody who, uh, for, <laughs> for an actor who already knows that her character is dead, and that's not a spoiler, we all know this, right? For someone who already knows that, you know, her character is dead at the time of making this film. She does a very, very good job in not making you feel like she's doomed from the start. You know what I mean? Like, this should be a film where she kind of just phones it in and is like, yeah, I guess I got my solo film, but it doesn't matter because I'm already dead. Right? You see, <laughs> most actors, I feel like, would kind of do a, a bit of that. And she really doesn't. She really does care and enjoy being this character. And you can feel that. You, you really can. I, I, think she did, I think she did a fine job. Yeah, well, I agree. She she does well. I think she always does a good job in the role, and that's no different here. But I do feel like we do. I would say we get some sort of heightened moments from her. You know, like where her acting is elevated because of of who she's interacting with on screen and that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that she didn't have those moments in other films with with you know with the characters that they really give her emotional stuff with, like, you know, Banner and uh, uh, Hawkeye. Um, and even some moments with Cap, I think, right. you know, she gets to kind of show the softer side of, of Widow, you know? Um, <laughs> the softer side of assassins. Yeah. And so and I feel like we get a lot of that here. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Florence... I don't know how to pronounce it. What's her last name? How is Pugh? it pronounced? Pew, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, Florence Pew, uh, who plays Yelena, uh, her sister, is uh, probably, and I don't like saying this because the film is is Black Widow, but Florence really is the highlight of the film. Oh, absolutely. I, and look, I, I would argue that this is very purposeful. And, and I think that they, they understood very much that, you know, ScarJo, this is her last outing here in the MCU. And we want to carry on this mantle of her story. We want to carry on this mantle of, 
the Black Widow, whatever iteration that's going to be in the future. Um, and we can't do that with her. So who else should we do it with? I know. Let's make Yelena the new Black Widow. And I'm, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm not saying that that's what happens. But you can definitely feel that this film is as much a Black Widow solo outing as it is a Yelena introduction. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And thank God uh, Florence is just, oh, my God. I, I, can't, I can't rave about her enough. I, I love everything that she does in this movie. I, if this was her solo film, if they'd have just been like, Yelena, Marvel presents Yelena, and everyone was like, who? And then we went and saw it. It was just her. I'd, fine. Sold. I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, she's very good. She's very funny. Um, and she, I've, I would say she has the most consistent Russian accent across the <laughs> yeah. whole film. She's the threshold, right? She's the, <laughs> she's the, she's the 10 because there's not yeah. a perfect one, but if we're going to measure on a scale of one to 10, it, you got to beat Florence. She's the top. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another standout in this film is David Arbour. Yeah. Uh, probably my favorite role I've ever seen him play. Yeah. And... And his accent, when it's on, it's it's there. It's perfect, yeah. right? Yeah. But there's a couple of places, especially like at the end of certain sentences, where it just almost disappears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and he just he just sounds like him. Uh, yeah. it, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen right. once or twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, he's, he, the character is just so likable that yeah. you, you don't even care <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you could this is one of those roles where you know and we talk about this a lot when you find you know when you find an actor that loves the role almost more than you do watching them and it just oozes with enjoyment like you could just tell that david arbor is having the time of his life playing this ridiculous character in the mcu like he is so excited to be a part of this and you know what i mean like he was tailor-made for this like yeah. you, you'd never think that but after you watch him you're like i don't want you to do anything else i just want you to be the red guardian for the rest of your life i, I could i could listen to him tell stories about battles with captain america that never <laughs> happened that never actually day. happened yeah <laughs> and then make you feel dumb <laughs> for questioning him yeah. yeah he was great yeah no those two i i would absolutely say that uh uh, Florence Pugh and David Arbour are easily uh, the standouts. I mean, they they hold the film together. Whenever the film gets a bit messy and, and there's a there's you know there's points where you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm into this. Uh, we've got those two to pretty much rely on to carry us through the whole film. They are a hundred percent. Once you invest in them, they are worth it. They carry it through all the way to the end, uh, and they're definitely characters that I think at the conclusion of this film. Uh, you know, regardless of what happens in the film, you very much want to see more of them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, we've also got uh, Rachel Weiss in this. And um, she's she doesn't have a lot uh, a big presence in the film. Um, in fact, you know, early on, you're like, oh, is that it? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and when she shows back up, it's... I, I'm not putting any of this on Rachel Vice. I think the character's just written in a particular way that is supposed to be presented very sort of deadpan, you know, sort of not really showing emotion. And I think that's, you know, in part due to 
how you know how she was brought up or whatever the the training she's received yeah. or that's been forced on her so i feel like that's that's intentional but i don't know it was it felt like a weird performance to me not bad just weird yeah and uh and I, I, it's there there are a number of characters in this film that i think are very underutilized and i think she is absolutely one of them yeah uh, because again we talk about you know those dinner sequences and that's where that type of personality, however it's supposed to be on paper and whatever, you know, Rachel is bringing to life, that's where it really kind of starts to make sense, right? When she's interacting in this family unit and, you know, they're all having disagreements about what the family means to them. That's where it really becomes important. And when she's got these deep, intimate moments, regardless of how deadpan and mysterious or whatever it is that you're trying to add to her, it makes sense in those moments. But then in the broader kind of, big action scenes and the the broader picture of the plot it just doesn't work as well because she's just an underwritten underutilized character there, there's so much missing from her and i remember <clears throat> leading into the promo of this film i remember feeling like she must be absent for a reason right because anytime you see promos it's just the three of them right it's yep. it's natasha it's yelena and it's the Red Guardian. It's those three, you know, doing their little banter, promoting Disney Plus, whatever you do, right? <laughs> whatever your paycheck says you got to do. And Rachel Vice is basically missing. So that led me to believe that, oh, she must die. And that's the reason they all come together. Or it turns out she's the major villain. And then she's the primary. And, and again, I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but none of that really happens. She's just literally a part of the film like everyone else. And so... Her absence is even weirder from all the promos, but then you start to realize, like, oh, she's just underutilized in this film. It just it feels weird. I don't know. I, I agree with you. It's a weird performance. Yeah. And and then her accent is uh it I would say it's it's basically on par with David Arbor. She's she's pretty good. Uh yeah. and there's a couple of places where it sort of disappears, but it's not it, it's not jarring like the next fellow that i'm going to mention <laughs> yes <laughs> i didn't notice it as much with either one of them but this next person you're going to bring up i was like halfway through i was like oh he's supposed to be russian oh oh okay yeah <laughs> i, I guess <laughs> and look I've, I've got i've got nothing against ray winstone uh i mean I, I i don't know if i've ever actually seen him in a film and thought hey i like that character yeah um, right. <laughs> he kind of always plays this guy yeah and i it's it's very it's very weird i don't know uh i remember the first time i saw him was in uh i think it was the indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull oh, yeah. where, where he's playing the double triple agent or whatever right he plays the character that really makes no sense <laughs> yes not most of the film but that's debatable and it's just and it's just completely unlikable yeah and so i don't know that's just left a bad taste in my mouth and i if kind of he's he's kind of been that way ever since but he's a british actor and that is apparent here in this film um because he's he may as well just been doing his own voice he did not sound russian in uh, yeah way. right he should have just been like it, it almost would have made more sense to just make him like a british intelligence defector that you know what i mean like just went to russia and just decided he was going to run the russian government or something like that would have been more believable than his russian accent yeah or you know give give some sort of a, like an accident uh, that, that 
that you know he's shot in the mouth and so <laughs> yeah right. so now he's so now he sounds british i guess i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't well, know how to fix that yeah it's so, it's strange too because i look and and again i like ray winston i nobody plays uh, the worst person on screen like ray winstone and that's a compliment by the way uh he he is a man you love to hate always like it's just the the role he's been given that he plays to perfection right and i, I i'm a big fan of the departed and I, and I watch the departed all the time uh it's one of the uh, a rewatchable film for me and he's supposed to be a boston hitman in that one and even then you're just kind of like i don't know where you're from mate <laughs> you're, just, you're never quite sure where he's supposed to be from. He tries, but that English accent is just mm, it's strong. And it yeah. just permeates every single voice role that he's ever had. Uh, and yeah, no, it, it, if we're talking on a scale of one to 10, Ray Winstone's like a one. <laughs> he's he's yeah. on the bottom of the scale. And, it, and look, I'm, I know. Uh... I know that people don't like getting stereotyped as certain types of characters, right? So maybe, maybe they put the word out to some notable Russian actors. It was like, hey, you want to come be a villain in a Marvel film? And they was like, hey, mate, I, I don't like Russians always being portrayed as, as villains. I've seen too many John Wick films. Uh, I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm out, I'm out. Yeah, right. <laughs> But like, surely there's someone. The first, in fact, the first person that came to my mind, um, he's. Uh, I think he's uh, from Yugoslavia. I think is is his country of origin. But he plays a Russian in every, you know, like the the big Russian bads in in a lot of films. He's mm -hmm. also played a good guy in a couple of things as well. Older actor, uh, most known for uh, he was in The Saint. He played uh, Ivan Tretiak, oh. the main villain. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, the, the big white beard, right? Big white yeah, beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. He was the homeless man in Batman Begins. He yeah. Was, he was at the beginning of uh, Mission Impossible 2, right? Like, uh, he, that that chap plays, he's great. I love him. Um, yeah, there, there's him, and then um, who's the other bloke? Like, even, the, even the guy that played the bad guy in, um, what was it, the first John Wick? Who I don't think is Russian, but he was more convincing than Ray Winstone. Yeah, no, he's I, I even uh what Peter Stormare. Mm. Peter Stormare from uh yeah, you'd know him from everything. It, if there's a Russian, it's him. He's in John Wick yeah. too. Yeah, he's in John Wick too. He's the he's yeah. the other dude, and then he's in Constantine and yep. all, all these other ones where he's literally the bad guy Russian. That yeah. is and his honestly, entire career and honestly he would be age appropriate as well like yeah. but, and, and and he would have been probably one of the most perfectly cast marvel villains that you're just going to throw away right small scale villain you know you'd believe everything that he, he is an instantly hated person and again that's a compliment but you could look if you if you've got the money to get ray winstone you've got the money to get Peter Stormer, you do. <laughs> you just, yeah. you've got it. So just make him or, Russian, mate. Or even, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name, but the, the, the one from The Saint and all that is Rod, Rade Serbizija. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, it sounded like I had a seizure right then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. anyone, any one of those would be a fine choice. Right. 
And I right. felt like they would be age appropriate to play the role. Yeah. And, you and they're just some... as nasty. They're just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I could literally picture the the scenes in which, you know, Natasha and, and this character have, you know, their interactions where it's the hero versus the baddie and, they, you know, they're kind of doing their banter back and forth or whatever. I could pick, I could take Ray out, put either one of those guys that we've just talked about. I'm replaying the scene in my head and I'm like, oh, this works way better. <laughs> they also would bring both of those actors, I feel like are more menacing. Yes. When yes, they play baddies. Absolutely. Yes. And 100%. So, because I just never felt any any sort of threat from from Ray Winstone's Drakov. I just yeah. never never once was I like, oh, he's in charge. Yeah, there was so much of me that was just like, you're kind of a prick, mate. That yeah. was it. That was yeah. all I felt. <laughs> I just don't like you. <laughs> yeah, but I do. Part of that is not on the actor. Part of that is the character is just sort of woefully underwritten. He just comes across yeah. as a sort of yeah. generic you know i wasn't good enough to face off with james bond (laughs) (laughs) blowfield took my mark (laughs) yeah you know it's just just not terribly interesting at all yeah yeah no it's uh and it's something that i think has kind of permeated a lot of marvel villains uh throughout you know it's only been recently that we've been granted marvel villains that you know we uh, are really attached to that we really enjoy um, because uh, let's be honest and this film is very much uh, and, and I know we got to get the spoilers but this film is very much a misplaced outing uh, in the overall Marvel chronological canon however you want to say it right Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe so this film should have come out years ago <laughs> like when it takes place is when this film should have been released. And I felt the same way about Captain Marvel. A lot of the things that people were, you know, getting mad at about Captain Marvel. I enjoy Captain Marvel, but Captain Marvel is a phase one film released in the end of phase three. So right out of the gate, it feels strange and weird and out of place because it just doesn't have the same impact when everything else around it is already more impactful. So all that to say, this film suffers from a lot of that early Marvel villain stuff, right? Like this Ray Winstone's Dracoff or whatever he is. I don't even know if that's his right now. Just Draco Malfoy. Ray Winstone's Draco Malfoy uh, feels like the Dark Elves, which you don't remember the Dark Elves. Yep. You for- Until I said it right now, you forgot that the Dark Elves were an actual villain in a Marvel film. Like, you know what I mean? And that's, that's how all of these villains are going to go down. And it's just, it, it kind of bums me out because I feel like Marvel should be past this, right? They're so good at so many things that they do in their, they are so expert at the good that they do that like, we should have gotten over this Marvel villain hump years ago. I should not be able to feel the same way I feel about the Dark Elves as I do about Draco Malfoy in Black yeah. Widow. You know what no, I mean? And also, it's, it, a lot of that, again, goes back to the writing, because I'm not going to say that, like, uh, Ironmonger from, uh, you know, the first Iron Man wasn't a one-dimensional villain, because he sort of was, but it, he was written in a way that, number one, he gets lots of interactions with our hero, so you you feel like the character's more developed and sure he just becomes a a dark reflection 
of the hero and that seems to be a big marvel thing where it's just like would well, you get a villain who has the same powers as the good guy yeah right. but well, we don't agree with him yeah so that but i mean that's been a, a big thing but i feel like a lot of times just those villains even when then when they're not thanos they're at least memorable you right. know what i mean because like yeah was it jeff jeff bridges was it which, yeah, Ironmonger. Ironmonger. Yeah. I was. I, I, I thought I said Bow Bridges for a second. Look, same, <laughs> same family, two very different. Yeah, yeah. You know? very different. So, that would be a very different Iron Man film. If it was Bow Bridges. Just the sweet, soft-spoken. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't understand, Tony. I'm all about war. Look, I show you are, Bow. That scene where he explodes about Tony Stark managed to build this to the cave. It's just. It would be more, you know, hey, look, fellas, you know, Tony built this in a cave. So, you know, give it a go. You know, I believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> Very different Ironmonger. <laughs> and then it's just the theme from Seven Heaven. Just <laughs> a beautiful resolution. Oh, but anyway, like, at least the character's memorable. Sure, it's yeah. not the most in-depth villain, but right. when you give them time with the main character you you get more fun because like and they do it all the time uh both good and bad in in the mcu i would say because like um what's another bad example uh would be like ant-man i would say yellow jacket we don't get a lot of interaction with yellow jacket and mm. scott lang so when they finally clash you're just like yeah this might as well happen you know <laughs> yeah right <laughs> And yeah, then, no, yeah, you're right. We don't you're we right. don't see any interaction between Widow and Drakov until the end. And but yeah. then it's like I don't I don't care. I don't, right. Yeah. And I'm so at that point I'm so focused on Ray Winstone's terrible accent that I <laughs> I don't even care if there's drama being built in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And it, it felt you know, like he was on set for like two days. Yeah. <laughs> the effort <laughs> come on man <laughs> uh yeah no I, I agree and it's and, and like i said it, it you know marvel has always struggled with the villain problem and you know outside of a handful of, of villains uh it, it definitely feels like something that at this point they should be able to correct and i feel like there are ways to do that uh, and and still make the film that you want to make. Um, and, and I do. I agree that Ray Winstone is probably miscast. Uh, not that he's not a good bad guy, but he's just the wrong bad guy for whatever this is. And then he's underwritten. And then, you know, not to drone on and on, because, uh, I, again, I know we've got to move on. But, you know, the other villain, Taskmaster, is super underutilized. And there's a lot of reasons for that, which we'll get into in spoilers. But, you know, this should be a memory. You should remember taskmaster you absolutely yeah. should remember them was, and you don't you don't at all no it was one of the, that was one of the things i was most excited for going into this film was seeing because you have this character who can you know mimic anyone's fighting style which makes them particularly nasty and it, sure i guess like <laughs> yeah they show up maybe three times throughout the film and i, I never felt particularly like there was anything special right i would say maybe the first appearance of the character is the most like 
oh, they can mimic what you're doing. You know, yeah, that, that was right. like that, the most that interesting. That is probably, yeah, that first introduction to Taskmaster is easily one of my favorite sequences featuring that character because, you know, it's the first time we see them and, you know, they're, they're mimicking all the movements of Black Widow and you can see it. And, and Natasha and, you know, Scarlett Johansson does a fantastic job in kind of clicking it in the mind of like, oh, whatever I do, this person is going to do the same thing. This is not good. Uh, <laughs> you get that when they when they kind of go toe to toe. And, you know, you kind of, it almost gets your hopes up because that's the first time we see them. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is, I hope they just do this the whole movie. And then they don't, like almost never. <laughs> it's just, no. they just abandon it altogether. And you're like, I don't, I don't want to see Taskmaster in a car chase. That's stupid. I don't, what is that? What even is that? It's such a waste of a great yeah. premise and a great villain um, that just even, goes even, nowhere. Yeah, even the big sort of third act uh, fisticuffs moment with Taskmaster don't really feature Taskmaster doing that. You right. know what I mean? Like it's just it, that, that fight is just sort of people throwing each other around a room. Yeah, <laughs> a, right. No, you're right. Right, even even when they face off against Red Guardian, because uh, yeah. that, that you know that you know again not spoiler or anything you've seen it in the trailers, uh, but even when they do that, it's like yeah you should be <laughs> you should be the Red Guardian like yeah. that's, that's the whole point you should know exactly who this person is and your fighting style should be identical to them and there's so many great unique fun tricks that you can do with a character like that. And they're just like, no, 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 no. We've got to blow stuff up. We don't, we don't have time to show this cool stuff. <laughs> well, look, I, and I don't need to see the Taskmaster mimicking every move of the person they're fighting at every step of the way because that's the thing. Not only can they mimic you, but they can mimic everyone else. So, right, yeah, it's no, like, for sure. You want to sure. see, you yeah. want to see them blending uh, moves from other characters in. It would be really cool. I mean, sure, they show in the in the trailer that Taskmaster has a shield which is is a, tr a trademark of the character but like we don't really see like there's maybe one or two moments where you're like oh that's a cap move but but not yes. really you know but not really right and how cool would it have been if you know because we spend so much time with red guardian making up stories about how he faced off against captain america right we yeah. spend all this time and then he faces off against taskmaster who decides yeah i'm gonna fight like captain america and literally mercs him, right? Just mops the floor with him, mimicking Captain. That, to me, has so much of a better emotional and effective impact for both characters because it exposes Red Guardian, you know, to, you know, it exposes his lies, but then it also makes Taskmaster a worthy villain to remember. Yeah. Even if you just did that and there was nothing else that you added, I'll be like, all right, I'll remember Taskmaster. And but now I, I, don't, I don't remember him. Uh, and, and also the character being mute through the film yeah. is a problem too, because yeah, you know, look, I don't expect the average audience to, to be like, Oh, he's fighting like Captain America. But if Taskmaster, <laughs> if Taskmaster had a voice, when, when Taskmaster faces off against Red Guardian, you know, it could be like, oh, Hey, rumor has it, you, uh, you fought Steve Rogers back in the eighties, mate, when he was still right. frozen. Well, let's see how you do right now. And then you see the stance switch up yeah. and everyone could be like, oh, he's mimicking Cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I thought you're right. That would have been a great and, scene. And just imagine like Red Guardian maybe gets one up, right? Because he hasn't, you know, Taskmaster hasn't decided that it's going to use a cap. And then he knocks him down and he's like, oh, rumor has it you did this. 
I could do this all day. Can you imagine? Right? It's just straight quoting Captain America, the Red Guardian. Like, I'm already getting goosebumps at the fact that we've just rewritten this scene. It's it's so cool. And none of that happens. And it's so unfortunate because there is so much potential to mine from this character. And it is it is honestly wasted. It is probably the biggest disappointment of the entire film. Uh, And I enjoyed the film. I really did. Uh, But yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that Taskmaster was, uh, again, one of the, the things I was most excited for and was the biggest disappointment for me in the film. Uh, if, I, if I had to rate things on the level of disappointment, first, it's Ray Winstone's Russian accent and then the treatment of Taskmaster. <laughs> yeah, that's that's they're, they're basically even for me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, all right, so uh, let's rate this thing. So, yeah. Should we write it? yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't really talk much about action special effects, but look, there's action, there's special effects. <laughs> Whatever you think there is, it's all there. <laughs> yeah, look, as per usual, some of it looks really good, some of it looks very CG. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a moment we're going to talk about in spoilers where I was like, well, that seemed very unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, the action is, uh, again, I've said this earlier, the action is serviceable. Uh, yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing that you, you know, they're not redesigning the action genre. Right. Uh, there's, right. there's a couple of really good moments where you're like, oh, I felt that. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, again, it, it was fine. It's, yeah. So. yeah I, I will say this real quick, uh, that the one thing I do like about this film is that it takes all of the hand-to-hand combat that you would expect from a Jason Bourne film and doesn't induce seizures or nausea. I was very happy about that. (laughs) Most of the hand-to-hand combat you can see and you know who's getting punched and why. And just for that alone, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's go ahead and rate it. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, I I am going to give this film uh, three out of five vests with pockets. Um, Yeah. I, I enjoyed myself. I really did. I think that, that this film has a lot of flaws. And while I can recognize all of those, and most of them are very valid, and I understand if you walked away from this film just feeling very disappointed and underwhelmed, I, you're not wrong. But for me, I really enjoyed myself. And I, you know, I've had popcorn in a year and a half. So for me, this was a fun, I could just shovel popcorn in my mouth and enjoy the film. So yeah, three out of five, best with pockets. Alright, uh, yeah, so again, I also enjoyed this film, um, I'm going to give it uh, 3.75 out of 5, uh, odd places to find your favourite arms dealer taking a snooze. <laughs> what a weird character. I actually really like the character of Mason. I, uh, I, I did too, but I was just like... Who are you? Yeah, it did. It, it did feel like one of those characters. I was like, I wish we would have met this character in another film. You know, yeah, like yeah. just and, and the whole way he interacts all throughout the film. We're apparently supposed to know him. Like it's just I don't know. The, the assumptions were just. I was like, I've never met this man in my life, but apparently I should have known him all along. Okay, sure. Yeah, I, I just expected him to have popped up in like. I don't know, uh, not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier would have been like, yeah, when, they're, great. when they're on the run, for, you know, uh, she she calls this chap and he shows up, 
you know, they they find him. He's sleeping somewhere. He gets yeah. some some stuff that they need to track down Nick Fury. That you know that would have been nice. But no, yeah. we just get him here, and it's like they've got this relationship that I actually found very interesting, and would have liked to know more. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, right. And now we never Absolutely. will. Now we never will. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I guess it's that time. I think so. Yeah, spoiler song. song to the spoiler song. song to the spoiler song, song to the spoiler song. It's a spoiler song. All right. Yeah, that's right. We've had a beatboxer now. What's up? Yeah, I was right, expecting you to start you. rapping, but uh, no, no, we're not there yet, Caitlin. We're not. So it's not a spoiler rap. Do the spoiler rap? No, I mean we can make it the spoiler rap. We can do whatever we want. To be honest, I mean, it's actually it's a pretty good rap because we could just rap, rap with rap. You know. <laughs> All right, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. No? All right. Well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh look, spoilers. Uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the things that happen in this film uh as much as we can. So if you haven't seen it, <laughs> even though even though I know it feels like we've already talked about everything we could possibly talk about. I, I know. I, there's honestly, to be fair, this might be the shortest spoiler section uh ever. <laughs> yeah, really, I feel like we're just gonna be addressing act three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I feel like it, everything comes to a head in Act Three. Literally, Act One and Act Two are whatever you've seen in the trailers, whatever you think the film is. That's all there. There's not really much else you need to add to it. Act Three is really where everything goes spoilery, and that's really all we need to talk about. So, uh, but look, if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to spoil, and you don't want to know how this movie ends, uh, you know, bugger off or come back when you've seen it. But whatever you need to do. All right. Uh, assuming you're gone. Yes. <laughs> so, so, spoilers, eh? Right. I, I can't believe that Ray Winstone's daughter is actually Russian. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird spoiler, mate. <laughs> For the first time ever, you started that sentence, and now I agree with everything you've said so it's like it's such a weird we're gonna we're gonna cut we're gonna cast one actual russian person in this film and they're not gonna speak at all <laughs> what and it's it's so it's so mind-boggling for so many reasons like one yes the only russian actor in this entire film doesn't have lines okay fine whatever but also, it's a very capable Russian actor. She's great. I've been a fan of her for a very long time. She is capable of all things. She's capable of damsel in the chess. She's capable of action. She's capable of comedy. She's capable of drama. I've seen her do it all. And the fact that you're just like, yeah, we're just going to put a helmet on you. And then uh, we're going to show you for like 30 seconds. And then, you know, put the helmet back on and then never speak again. Well, and you're like, <laughs> what just happened? Also, very interesting, and I don't think it really matters because I feel like most of the time, even though we've seen this actress do action stuff in like Quantum of Solace, I don't think that's her in the suit because they do. No, no. So I'll say this. Early into the film, when it, when it opens and we see the family dynamic of them undercover in the United States, and then the actual film starts, we get pretty far in and I was like, if we don't see Rachel Vice again soon, she's absolutely Taskmaster. Like that's where my brain yeah. went with it. And I thought that from the trailers, by the way, 
And and again, the absence from all the press stuff, all the press junkets, I thought, oh, she either dies and that's the reason they all come back, or she's Taskmaster. There's no yeah. other reason for her to be in this film. Yeah. And and they do that thing where obviously you can't tell with Taskmaster. Like they've got they've got a lot of body armor on to make it look like a man, and I'm pretty sure it's a man. Yeah, well, yeah. doing all the stunt choreography yeah. and stuff just, just again just there's just certain shapes of the body that right. don't look like a female especially when you know who is supposed to be under that mask but right. so when i say this i don't think it's actually her fighting uh with david arbor but oh, well yeah no <laughs> interestingly enough and i say that because then i don't think they actually share any screen time but they didn't in the in this film either but they were both in quantum of solace oh yeah because remember, David Arbor played that sort of skeezy CIA guy or whatever right. that was making yeah. the deal with the baddie. So right. I do remember that. But it was yeah. an interesting connection there. Yeah. But again, it yeah. doesn't, doesn't pay off in this film. <laughs> no, no, so. no, it does not. Um, yeah, look, when we talk about this character being underutilized, it's, you know, the, the big reveal is that, you know, it's Taskmaster is actually uh, Dreykov's daughter that, you know, uh, Natasha Romanoff has been carrying around this guilt that she thought she murdered this girl, uh, you know, to get Dreykov. And it turns out that Dreykov lived. But not only did Dreykov live, but the daughter lived. And, you know, he did all kinds of experiments on her and, you know, made her into a super soldier and whatever, um, which is all well and fine. I honestly... I, <laughs> So I'm sorry, I, but I can't keep going. I, I I keep going back to Quantum Solace because remember, so she's horribly burned in this film. And remember, a character thing in Quantum of Solace is that she was afraid of fire because she'd been burned <laughs> by it when she was a child, <laughs> and she had the 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 burn scars on her back or whatever it was. So, I forgot all about that. Um, was that some sort of inside joke from someone? I, there was like, I, hey, I guess. Hey, I cast Olga. She's she's played the same character before. <laughs> Just... It's so weird. Um, yeah. So for me, I'm fine with you know wanting to reinvent the character, right? And, and wanting to do some reimagining of the character and their origin. Uh, it, it honestly didn't bother me. I, I didn't care about that. I, it it did bother me because I just didn't care enough about Draco to like. That he didn't matter to me, and so because of that, it was just like, yeah, all right, whatever, it's fine. It's your daughter. I don't care about you, so I don't care that it's your daughter. It, it really wasn't that big a deal. Um, but I do agree that like she should have had something, like even if you wanted to give her a robot voice, right? Because you already do all this digital shit, right? You, the, the whole time you, you you go into her point of view, right? You, you do the POV shots for Taskmaster. It's all computerized. It's all downloading information. So if you can do all that and you want to keep it a mystery, just make it a damn computer. It's fine. You can hide the identity, but you've got to give her something. You've got to give this character some kind of personality in some way. I get that they're supposed to be this completely obedient super soldier that has no mind of their own, but we cannot care about the fact that this person is revealed to be the one thing that really bogs down Natasha emotionally that cannot set her free when she doesn't have anything, no personality whatsoever. So when the yeah. mask is revealed, it's like, okay, fine. Well, and, in <laughs> that, and in that regard, it feels very much like, again, you know, and this is, it is becoming a bit of a problem with the MCU 
is that we're just we're retreading things we've already done this character was basically winter soldier yeah in that winter soldier was mind controlled and had no personality when he's doing stuff right and so you've got the same thing here except the the only difference is that we knew winter soldier was bucky and we we care we want you know that's cap's friend we want to see that character saved we don't we don't know who this is until you know i would say a minute before it's supposed to be revealed because the right. way that they they did that reveal it was like oh it's his daughter you know before, before <laughs> yeah. the mask comes off you're like oh yeah. it's, it's the daughter you know yeah but you're right there's no personality and it's just this oh completely obedient super assassin and it's like we've already seen this and you're not doing anything interesting with it right you know? yeah give it get give her slash him personality in fact you give it a male voice to throw everyone off and then it's a, yeah. bigger, a bigger surprise at the end when the reveal happens you yeah know? that would have been amazing right that would have been amazing if it had downloaded this you know uh <laughs> this male voice to be its speaking part so yeah. that it could it can distance itself from who it really is uh that, that, again it would have just been it would have just had that much more of an emotional impact right so everybody's operating they're like oh this is draco's superman soldier and then it gets revealed that, yeah, it's the one thing that really holds Natasha back emotionally. That would have so much of a bigger impact. But this blank-faced, no-named character, and we really only name it because we know who it's supposed to be, uh, yeah, it, it, it is really such a disappointment and a huge wasted opportunity. Um, and, you know, especially because this is your chance, right? This is Marvel's chance to just double down and make everybody feel important in this film. And the reason is this film has no bearing on anything that happens in the, in the MCU overall, right? The only thing we need is Yelena to survive, but us to like Yelena so that she can appear in the Disney plus series. That's it. That's all you need. Right. And luckily Florence Pugh doubles down and, and does a fantastic job in getting you to be like, yes, I would like to see you in the Hawkeye series. You know what I mean? Like she, yeah. she absolutely earns her keep for the TV show. So she succeeds in what you need to do. Everything else in the film literally doesn't matter. And that should give you the green light to do whatever you want. You can be, uh, you can play jazz and just be as inventive and as creative and as silly and as, personal as you want because we already know that this story doesn't go beyond this film so you've got freedom and they just don't do that and it's very very bothersome and i think it's never more clear than it is and how they treat taskmaster uh in, in it it was hugely i did not i hated that i hated yeah. that <laughs> well i mean honestly the the whole the, the whole third act for me was just not not great um yeah uh, like he's down to the flying fortress uh um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the castle in the sky yeah it's like it's just so everyone's yeah. everyone's got alicaria now is that it um yeah and again just like you said we've done this before we've blown stuff up out of the sky and tried to fight it as it's falling that was literally a winter soldier all over again too yeah, well, I was watching it, and my bird leaned over to me, and she was like, this is like Sokovia falling out of the sky all over again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, you're right. So, uh, but, like, I just had, I had loads of problems, because there's, there's there was only one surprise in the end. Because, um, like, when they get captured, you, you're already like, yeah, they meant to get captured, because of the way that 
the the scene before it happens uh before yeah, right. reveal, like natasha's unconscious it, where she's like hey i called him and then and then we cut away to uh to the other two and then we cut back and then suddenly natasha's unconscious and uh you know rachel vice has put on eyeliner and a black suit so it's all you know you're like okay this is clearly part of the plan the only place that i was like oh okay was where they was wearing those uh mission impossible masks and, oh yeah right and it, and it switched places <laughs> yeah um that was the only place where i was like okay i didn't see that i knew you was all planning this but i just didn't see that switch but right pretty much everything after that there's no surprises there's the oh you can't stab me because i've got a pheromone lock that prevents people who can smell me from attacking me and then when she the moment she starts taunting him she's like oh yeah he's she's trying to get him to break a nose so yeah right uh, yeah and like i didn't even piece together because they do the flashback later where it's like oh there's a there's a nerve or some sort of synapse you need to break i wasn't even thinking that i was like she's just trying to get a nose filled with blood so that nothing yeah that, that's what i was thinking too as soon as he punched her once i was like oh well, this is on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when that reveal happens, you're like, uh, yeah, saw that coming. And then, yeah. and then when it gets to the, when Task, just when Taskmaster shows up in the room and Drakov says something, I, I don't even remember what he says, but you're like, oh, it's Asi's daughter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no, right. we didn't even need to wait for the mask to come off because you're like, that's <laughs> right. the daughter. In fact, for me, the most surprising thing was that considering how much she was supposed to be burned, it's incredible that the fire didn't go up into her hairline. <laughs> Look, you can't mess with Algo's head of hair. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Feathered and beautiful. It's so good. <laughs> that was the what they threw a curtain over her hair when she was a child, <laughs> so that it just burned her face. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> ah, but yeah, and then oh, and then yeah. it just sort of turns into this big. I, I appreciated all the widows, like seeing all the widows, um, and you know them getting freed, and that, and then of course that fight. I think with uh, with Natasha and all the widows was like that was really the the big action climax because yeah, like right the this stuff with taskmaster was just not not there the yeah I, I didn't like the whole oh yeah we're gonna do the whole thing falling from the sky and it was like yeah. what is this shoot him up what are you I was, doing yeah. like, I, was like, is... I was yeah no i was like no there was a the one point where they tackled each other and they landed on a falling piece of debris and for a moment it looked like they was gonna stand up and stop fighting on i it. thought so too i honestly thought that that was what we were gonna do we yeah. were just gonna fight on a falling piece of debris and i was just like again this is not fast and the furious yeah <laughs> physics exists a little bit more here than, than they do there i mean and this is stupid not a lot though that not a lot some, no not a someone, lot either there's a early on in the film natasha takes a fall that's straight out oh of my god free wait but yes thank you i'm so glad you said that because as she fall as she fell i was like oh keanu yeah so, i got you <laughs> and she lands on her feet yeah like <laughs> Yeah, she did. Well, I was like, wait, how are you not dead? <laughs> that was worse than the girl who fell straight down. Yeah, that fell straight down. And actually, and that one only broke a leg. <laughs> yeah. Which seemed weird because she landed flat on her back. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, yeah, you're right. It was so John Wick free. And then, yeah, she landed on her feet and she was like, I'm fine. And I was like, yeah. look, I know you're a superhero, but 
even that was a stretch yeah no they was definitely stretching the believability because like that when uh the, the the car chase and everything too like that oh, car yeah. smashed around uh, but by the end of that car chase by my count uh natasha and yelena should have been dead like 20 times like, yes that's... yes absolutely uh, i'll get to the super assassins but like they they should be able to escape a car chase from their wits not by their plot armor right yeah, yeah. like that's the <laughs> that's the distinction and yeah when they take that tumble into the subway and the whole thing flips over and she's like oh buckle your seatbelt. it's like no they blew the car up stop it yeah you're dead both of you are dead <laughs> I think, and look, I, I, I believe in seatbelt safety, but I think certain action films place too much stock in what seatbelts <laughs> yeah. do for you. Yes. I don't know if you've ever seen Death Proof, but, you know, yeah. you, you need a bit more than a seatbelt. Yeah, pe people die all the time in car accidents where, when the seatbelts are involved, like, yeah. and these cars are getting blown up, flipped over, tossed downstairs. Yeah, uh, right. The vehicles themselves actually remain remarkably intact. <laughs> it is, it is pretty amazing. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and, and again, uh, and look, this goes back to kind of that just wasted opportunity where it's like, I, I don't need a car chase through Budapest uh, with Taskmaster and Yelena and Natasha. I would have much rather seen a close quarters match, a lot like Winter Soldier, right? Because yeah. You know, the, the, again, I, I can't even believe how much this film is basically the Winter Soldier retread. Now that we've talked it out, I'm like, oh, this is a smaller version of the Winter Soldier. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is budget Winter Soldier. I never realized that until now that we've been talking it out. Uh, but even in Winter Soldier, like, yeah, sure, they do the car chase, but they get it over and done with very quickly. And then they immediately go to the hand to hand combat so yeah. that they can showcase, you know, the super soldier aspect of the winter soldier so that it can be personal it can be intimate it can be you know there's the stakes that are involved and i would have much rather have seen you know sure if you want to crash the car great no worries right crash the car crash it very soon and don't have this long drawn out chase and give us hand-to-hand -hand combat with Taskmaster, where Taskmaster overwhelms both of them and basically beats them to, you know, you can, even if you want to go to ridiculousness, knock them out a window, let them fall 10 feet, uh, you know, 10 stories and survive. Fine, whatever. I believe that more than I believe whatever happens in this weird car chase. Yeah. Because well, it's just a disservice to all of them, to be and honest. That, and that's also, again, speaking to Taskmaster as a, as a villain, is even without a personality if there if what you just described had happened in this film it would have established taskmaster as as a very dangerous individual who's already because like sure the first scene with taskmaster taskmaster gets one up on on natasha and she has to escape but we don't really see what the character is fully fully capable of but if if taskmaster were to take on both yelena and natasha at the same time and best both of them right then when they have a, a big battle at the at the end which they didn't but if they you know what i mean if they would have it would have just established this character is very dangerous and maybe we can't win you know so we need to try to get this gas into taskmaster's face right to, right. to free her from that control yeah. i feel like all that stuff would have paid off better but yeah i agree i completely agree it would have added more to the the magic mist Right. And, yeah. Uh, it, it also would have added more to the villainy of uh, Draco. As much as I don't care for the character, it would have just added that bit of a layer so that when it's revealed that it is his daughter, 
it gives more emotional weight to both Natasha and Yelena when they find out that that's who it is. And everything just comes together more. And it's, you're not even, you're not even really adding more to the film. Like you can keep the same framework. You can keep the same plot. You can keep everything, everything that you need. You do, you have to do this character better. And I think that is the biggest flaw of the entire film. And I think it bogs down almost everything else that, that I might have issues with. I think it all centers around how this character was treated. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and for me, it was like the first act, uh, I think some people have been saying it was slow, but I thought it was fine. It was, it was a good setup showing some backstory for Natasha. Um, and then, you know, intro introducing the dynamic between her and Yelena. Uh, and then, of course, the film just really hits its stride in the second act where, where the whole family comes together. Um, you know, we get Alexi introduced and then they, they all meet up with Melina again. Like that, all that is just, it's phenomenal. It's, again, it's yeah. those smaller moments that where this film shines and, you know, makes you want to keep watching. And then, yeah. then the third act just sort of turned into this giant CG action fest that, yeah. you know, that we've seen before and they, it didn't really do anything i agree the, you know part of the problem with that car chase is again there's so much cg involved you compared it to winter soldier and one of the things about that sure there's cg involved in that sequence but there's still a lot of practical stuff happening there yeah. as well and then when they abandon the car chase and get to the action it, it all feels very real and right. there was just a lot of this film that had that sort of and i hate saying this so forgive me but it had that f9 feel to it uh, it did it really, really did. I, I agree with you, mate. It does. It very much. There were so many times where those types of things happened where I was like, oh, this is a fast film. And I, I, I hated that. I hated feeling that way. And and you're talking to somebody who genuinely loves fast films. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I don't want that in Marvel films. I, I just don't. I, I, there's a different type of unbelievability uh, when it comes to, you know, the Avengers and the things that they do. Um, and you're absolutely right. I think with the Winter Soldier, you know, they, you know, there's, when when our heroes get captured at the end, it's because the Winter Soldier overwhelms them with hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's not because he's driving an undestructible tank <laughs> through the streets of the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it's because he is, he is completely equipped for every situation, right? He's got knives, he's got guns, he's got hand-to-hand -hand combat, he's got a metal arm. Like, he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Natasha. He can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Captain America. It's almost and... as though the Winter Soldier was able to mimic <laughs> everyone else's <laughs> fighting styles. <laughs> oh, 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 it just makes me more angry at how much they wasted their character. It's just, <laughs> it's just so unfair. And uh, yeah, it's... And now the character's ah. not even going to be a, a villain anymore. Oh, no. It's, uh, yeah, right? It's... Uh, okay, whatever. I mean, if, if one thing, at least uh, at least the original Taskmaster was a mercenary who, you know, who just worked for whoever paid him. And yeah. that could have been a great... Uh, if, if and, uh, and look, I'm not saying that Taskmaster had to, had to be a man. It could be a woman that is also a mercenary. And... That would have been if you if this character would have been more mouthy, you know what I mean? Yeah. That would right. have been a great you could have used this character to introduce Wade Wilson. Uh mm -hmm. since since Deadpool is supposed to be joining the MCU, that would have been a great tie-in that you could have used this character who's already been in another Marvel an MCU film, and that could have that character could have crossed over into a Deadpool film. Right. 
It would have been great. Yeah. And but, and even if you're not going to do that, right? Like, because I, I like the idea of, you know, the, you know, getting the, the magic dust, the pixie dust sprayed in the face. And, you know, she she's like, oh, is he gone? You know what I mean? Like, knowing that, like, he's the one controlling it. But, like, one of the things that I think uh, Florence does very well is is demonstrating the idea that, like, yeah, just because I was freed didn't help. Like, I had a psychological breakdown. I had no idea who I was supposed to be. And you could have given that to Taskmaster. And that could have set it up to be like, yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. I've got skills. I need to go figure it out. And you could have had a, a, a weird kind of stalemate of like Natasha being like, yeah, just don't cross the line. And, you know, she could have been like, all right, we'll see. And that could have been a great, you know, now you can use that character again in the future. Yeah, you mean, don't have to, but if you want to, they're there. They're yeah, ready. I suppose the way they left it, you could you could still do that in a, in something else. I mean, we don't, it's not like the character opens her eyes and is like, I'm good now. Uh, so yeah, right. You 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 know, but it's but just you get that, that sense, right? You get the sense you know, that it's like, oh yeah, yeah because you got the, your adopted family, right? Because the way that it's set up, the fact that that Drakov is is literally controlling everyone's actions, and they they know it. It's not like they're mindless when it's happening, so they know everything that they're doing, and probably don't want to be doing it. So right. the they the way that they establish it, it makes it very unlikely that antonia is is going to be like yeah no i'm really bad you know yeah right <laughs> right <laughs> right but you should have you should have left it to be ambiguous right just just like you did again with the winter soldier <laughs> yeah <laughs> where the winter soldier sure he's no longer hydra and he's he's broken free from this you know mind control thing because he he recognizes his old friend but like there's still an ambiguity to him, which allows you to do civil war because people still don't believe that he's a good guy yet. And you can do that with Taskmaster. You absolutely can. The more ambiguous you make that character, the more uses you have for them in the future. And it serves much better than just being like, yeah, well, they're alive. And it's like, okay, but that's not enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care that they're alive, to be honest. <laughs> I thought she died on the beach until... They came and got her. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. I really did want to see more family scenes, though. I did. I did too. I and that's not because Dominic Toretto memes have dominated my timeline. I, no. I, I legitimately loved every single intimate moment of this film. That and when we talk about acts, right? That second act is very family heavy. That's when all the drama happens. It's when all the family centric stuff happens yep. and it's all very intimate. It's just them kind of bickering back and forth and learning about each other more than, you know, they ever thought easily could have just been the entire film. <laughs> it would have been fine. I loved all of it. It's, you know, it's where Florence Pugh thrives. It's where David Arbor thrives. It's where you get the most use of Rachel Weiss. Uh, you know, Natasha Romanoff and Scarlett Johansson, she gets to basically work off of all of these fantastic actors. And it's just, it's so good and so intimate and wonderful and, and fun and funny and dramatic. And it's just like, I, I almost cried when they started singing Miss American Pie. I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, there's great moments there. And I just wish we could have had, even if we had one more at the end, you know? Yeah, right. Just the, but the, the way that they get split up, 
I just feel like you could have maybe had something like that before she gets captured or before she has to go off. And because honestly, she she didn't need to be captured. That's yeah. That's the thing for me. The way the way where her character shows up in uh, Infinity War, she didn't need to be captured because right. obviously she escaped before the end of the film anyway. Because right. so <laughs> which which they don't show, and we're just supposed to assume. Yeah, it, it was very weird. It was very weird. I was like two weeks later and I thought, I honestly thought they were going to show a scene where like, you know, kind of like, again, like the end of Civil War where Cap comes in to break him out. I thought the family was basically going to come break her up and she was going to be, you know, whatever. She was going to be rescued by Red Guardian and Elena. They they got her. But but no, they're like, oh, here comes Ross. And then two weeks later, she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm going to go get the other Avengers now. And it's like, but, but where were the, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, but instead we could have had we could have cut we could have cut away from the action. They all get away in the 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 ship. I mean, I, the Ross didn't really need to be called anyway. That was just yeah, so right. they could set that up. So you could have ignored all of that. It's just like thing crashes. All the widows come back. They all take off together. We cut to a scene, just another dinner scene with the with this family, with this dysfunctional family unit. But now right. now everyone is sort of better right they're laughing they're joking that right. sort of thing but there's a bit of sadness there because you know natasha still had the same revelation and so she knows that there's other she's got this other family out there and she's like yes. you know, I've, I've, I've got to go and i've got to do this i've got to go save my other family and break them out of jail so basically that same sort of interaction but with the with her with this family and not with her sleepy arms dealer, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, absolutely. I completely agree. And that would have had so much more of a bigger impact, right? Because you get to relive the best moments of the film, right? And they're all together and they could still be bickering. That, I mean, they could still be jokingly bickering about, you know, eating their food and whatever. And, you know, Red Guardian could be talking about how he faced off against Taskmaster, whatever, right? He could be telling some ridiculous story about all the great feats he did in their recent battle. <laughs> and that would have been great, right? Just this bickery, right? And then Natasha is still wrestling with this idea that, like, she's got to go save her, the family. She's reconciled everything that's happened here. And, you know, they're now sad to see her go, but they can make this whole, like, you know, whenever you need to come back, we're here for you. You've got us. We're your family now. Well, and she can leave and go save the rest of them and, and, and think and imagine imagine this playing out so there's also the end credit scene which we'll talk about but what if the end credit scene wasn't the end credit scene what if you go from this family scene and then you know natasha makes a decision that she's got to go but uh natasha and yelena have one last moment together where it's like hey you know glad to be back back together and get to you know it was real for me that all that stuff yeah right but then natasha leaves and we just we just hang on yelena for a moment watching her sister go and then boom we cut to the cemetery and yeah we're still hanging on florence's face uh and then we pan around and she's standing at the at the gravestone yeah what right. a, what a what an impact that would have right Imagine uh, uh, waterworks, mate. <laughs> Just waterworks. Such an and, and Florence has proven that she is very capable of drumming up that kind of emotion, and that would have just absolutely wrecked uh, the heartstrings of everybody in the audience, right? Yep. And you just care so much now. So then, when Valentina shows up, 
and they have their little, you know, talk about this, it makes even more sense for her to be like, you shouldn't be here. I'm trying to mourn my sister. Like, yep. <laughs> it has so much of a bigger impact. And then when she pulls out a picture of Clint, she, you could be like, oh, it is on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. That would have been yeah. a white. Yeah, I, I, yeah absolutely, absolutely. I think we've just fixed Black Widow, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, look, Marvel. <laughs> if you, you want to give some some people low on the totem pole a chance, we're here. Yeah, we'll wait. Right. We'll we'll do it for next to nothing. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if you just listen to this and then just go re-edit the film and re-release it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, re-release it on Disney Plus with the edits from Cineblogs and. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> 10 out of 10. You're welcome. I don't even need credit. Just satisfaction knowing that I fixed your film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, we'll, uh, just, we'll make our own fan version. We'll fan yeah, there we go. <laughs> fan edit. Fan version of Black Widow. Question. How do you look in a blonde wig? I think I look all right. I, I prefer myself as a red. Not right. going to lie. I think I'd do better as red. So, All right, yeah. that's fine. You can be Natasha. I'll be Yelena. Okay. All right. All right. We'll make this happen. Okay. <laughs> Even though I'm shaped more like Alexi, but anyway, that's. that's I was gonna say, look, if, uh, we could probably find a pig. I don't imagine them being too hard to hire. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes in the entire film, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, I did not expect to talk this much. Uh, I didn't either. I'm about sorry. That, about a film that we enjoyed, by the way. I know. We usually don't talk this much about a film we really enjoyed, but I think, you know what I think it is? I think there was a lot to be enjoyed, but there are a lot of flaws to this film. And a lot of those flaws are really hard to overlook. And they're fixable. They're very fixable flaws, like we've, we've discussed. And I, I think, you know, Marvel has created this, uh, you know, well-oiled machine that just is a non-stop thing where they can basically close their eyes, throw darts at a dartboard and be like, yeah, this is what we got. And we're all just kind of like, yeah, all right, that's a Marvel film. Uh, but I think at some point, you know, they're, they're going to stop hitting bullseyes. And for us, I think, you know, we wanted a lot from this film. We're not blokes that are like, oh, a female-led superhero film, well, that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like we're very much in. I like Black Widow. I like Black Widow as a character, yep. and I very much wanted this film to be great. I really, really did. I wanted to just absolutely love Black Widow, and for the most part, I enjoyed it. But it's a very easily fixable film to make it be a great film rather than just a good, enjoyable film. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So, uh, but look, I am I'm excited for the return of Yelena in the Hawkeye series. Uh, yes, the the prospect yes. of seeing Florence uh, facing off against uh, Clint, I guess. Well, no, it, it'll also be Haley Steinfeld because the film, the, the series is going to be mainly about Kate Bishop. Well, I know, but obviously her target's going to be Clint. Yeah, right. And so she'll end up, you know, exchanging fisticuffs with both of them, probably. Yeah, right. I look. I love. I love Haley Steinfeld. I think she's a fantastic actress, and I will watch those two have 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 antagonist and protagonist banter, yeah. and then protagonist and protagonist banter when they inevitably team up to take over the villain. But, uh, but honestly, uh, honestly, if if they're smart, uh, they will utilize Florence. And uh, and you know original OG Clint, <laughs> Hawkeye Clint, they'll they'll use them 
uh, as the focal point of the series, because what these series, all these series have been doing a great job of is expanding what, what we know about characters that we don't know a lot about. Right. And so it would be great if, while in her pursuit of trying to kill the man that is responsible for her sister's death, you know, they actually get to share some scenes where she learns more, maybe more about her sister through Hawkeye. Through and, Hawkeye, yeah. And we right. get to see him, you know, how he's dealing with the loss of his friend because, yeah, right. you know, he didn't. Huge he, emotional he, impact. Huge. Yeah, he, he was trying to sacrifice himself over her. So, right, right. He, and she wouldn't know that. Elena wouldn't know that. And I think that would be a great, I, I would watch an entire episode of those two going fisticuffs, right? Clint overpowers her and ties her up. And then the whole episode is just exposition of how each one of them feels about their sister and the things leading up to her death and who she was as a person and who she was to them. I Nothing else has to happen in that episode. I'll watch an hour of that. <laughs> I'm on board. Yeah, it, it, it could be a real opportunity to kind of bring people, because obviously, you know, this was this was their attempt to kind of do that for for Natasha. And right. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be as thorough because it's a, it's a film. It's only two hours long. Whereas right. these series, uh, you know, even though they've been short, you're getting three hours minimum to tell yeah. your story, even if right. they just do six episodes, you know, whatever it is. So uh, I'll, they've got a real opportunity here, and I hope they don't mess it up. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. But look, this has been Cineblokes. I'm Benjamin Baker. I'm Kalen Drakov. <laughs> and we will see you after the next film.